this is Jordan Beal. Welcome to the Rock of Grace podcast from our Kinsman campus. We are passionate about leading people to follow Jesus together, and we're so glad that you're opening the Word of God with us today. I pray God speaks to your heart. How many feel the presence of God? He's here. He's here. And it is. It's, it's challenging to to move forward and just get things done, like, okay, next, next, next thing, next thing, next thing. Like, guys, as a church, we need to get used to flowing with Holy Spirit and not rushing him. Amen? And the, a church, the church across America, guys, we want, it's just this microwave generation where I just want to get in and get out, check to-do list, I'm done, Right? And I just don't think that's the Lord, <laughs> personally. I just don't think that that's God. Because I, I believe the Lord wants to teach us how to sit and wait on him, what we've been doing, and continue to receive. And not just, just receive, but pour out. Release it everywhere that you go, what God's doing in here. Amen? Guys, we've been talking about unseen realities the last few weeks. And I love this subject um, because I feel like the Lord wants to open up our eyes um, even to a greater realm uh, to be able to see behind the scenes in the spiritual sense. You know, the first, the first week Pastor Jordan talked, talked about um, um, just that, that there is a spiritual realm. Not everything's the devil, though. When you wake up in the morning and you, you know, you hit your foot on the, the, the dresser, you know, that's not the devil attacking you. You know, we all get that, right? But there are moments, there are times that the enemy wants to come after us. And there are times that there is a spiritual realm that we need to be aware of and not be ignorant to, as the scripture says. We don't need to be ignorant to this, guys. The second week he talked about uh, angels, Okay ministering angels. They're sent to minister to us. And then this week, we, we're going to talk about demons. We're going to talk about the players. We're going to talk about um, the, the schemes of the enemy. And we're going to talk about the authority that we carry in Christ. Amen? I want you guys to just say this with me. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. So sometimes whenever we start talking about demons and we talk about spiritual warfare, sometimes it like freaks people out. But I'm going to tell you something. When we know Christ, there is no fear in his perfect love. And when we know Christ, we know the authority that we carry to bind the devil. Amen? There's an authority each of you carry. We carry an authority to defeat the enemy because he's already been defeated through the cross and because of the blood and because of the, because of the resurrection. Amen? How many believe that? He's already been defeated. We're on the side of victory, guys. Amen? Let me read this scripture to you real quick. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, it says this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Verse 12 says this, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Guys, there's a spiritual realm we need to be aware of. 
Amen? Let's pray one more time. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for what you're speaking. God, I thank you for equipping the church today and empowering us, Father. It ain't just enough to know about the enemy, but Father God, we thank you that we get to know the authority that you've given us, God, the, the, that you're equipping us, Father, to be able to defeat everything, every arrow that the enemy throws at us, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen. Thanks, sis. Appreciate it. So guys, we're gonna, we, gotta, we gotta know the play, uh, players. So anyone who's played sports before, how many played sports? You know, any good coach, of course, you're not just being conditioned physically, but you're also being conditioned how to, like, uh, counteract the, anim- the, the team, the, the opponent. You are learning, okay, wh- how, how fast is he there? How do we maneuver here for, for this? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? In football and stuff like that, we have to, or basketball. We've got to know their moves, uh, the t- which one's the fastest, and how do we cover who, uh, the weaknesses, the strengths. And I believe... As believers, we need to know and be aware of the enemy schemes. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 2, If you forgive anyone anything, I too forgive that one. And what I have forgiven, if I've forgiven anything, has been for your sake in the presence of and with the approval of Christ. And check this out. To keep Satan from taking advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. Guys, we, we can't let the enemy take advantage of us. We can't let the enemy, I'll say that one more time, take advantage of us. We cannot be ignorant to his schemes. Amen? We can't be ignorant to his schemes. Now, you might hear me say this a few times because I can't stand the devil, and I hate talking about him because he's a punk. Amen? If any, if any time we should be, like, getting mad or whatever, it's at the devil. Come on. He's a punk. He's a liar, he hates you, and he wants to destroy you, all right? And we don't need to be, oh, Jesus, help me. No, I mean, we can get loud, we can get boisterous, and we can speak to the devil and command him to leave, amen? We can take authority. Sometimes, I'm, gonna, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me, let me just keep um, um, talking about this. Okay, he's a punk, all right? That's not up there, but that's one of my points. Um, he has many names, okay? Uh, a lot of you that have been in church and been walking with the Lord, you'll, you'll know these names. But he's the accuser, the accuser, Beelzebub, which is translated uh, Lord of the Flies, Satan, Daystar, Lucifer, Deceiver, Father of Lies, Tempter. Isaiah 14 says this. Those of you that have not been in church for a while, he, ha- he was an angel in heaven. He was a worshiper, okay? And then he tried to take God's throne. Obviously, that ain't going to happen, right? So this is in Isaiah 14. It says this, How you have fallen from me, O star of the morning, son of the dawn. You have been cut down to the earth. You who have weakened the nations, but you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God, and I will sit on the mounts of the assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. Nevertheless, you will be thrust down the shoal to the recesses of the pit. God didn't put up with that, y'all. And Jesus even makes reference to it in Luke chapter 10. 
the disciples are coming back. They're all pumped up and excited. Lord, we, like demons, like, uh, um, we have authority over them. They're excited. They come back, and, and Jesus is like, I saw Satan fall like lightning. So he makes reference to it. I saw Satan fall like lightning. Yeah, that's awesome that you, you're seeing him being cast out of things. But more than anything, he says to rejoice that our name is in the book of life. Amen? We have authority. Number two, we need to know the schemes. And I'm kind of going to move through this quickly because I really feel like the Lord wants to do something. Um, and he, he already is. We need to know the schemes. Now, his job description, it's in his name. He's the accuser. How many of us ever go down memory lane in the, you know, in the past? Oh, you did this, you did that, you shouldn't have done that. Wow, man, that was so stupid. And he brings up shame. He brings up uh, condemnation and, sh- and, and guilt, right? The enemy tries to take us down memory lane because he's the accuser of the brethren. When you ask for forgiveness, what's First uh, John 1.9 say? Anybody? Throw it out there. First John 1.9. He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen? When we ask for forgiveness, he is faithful and just to forgive us from all unrighteousness. So when the enemy is coming to you and throwing out these things, oh, you should, oh man, that was so dumb. I can't believe you did that. You said that. You hurt this person. Whatever it is, the drugs, the alcohol, the partying, whatever, it's the accuser. It's the accuser. And we don't need to listen to him. Number two, he, he tempts the lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Oh, this looks good. And he tries to throw these things out, whether it's money, whether it's perversion, whatever it is. He tries to throw these things out at us, and he's the tempter, okay? He lies. He tries to distort our identity, guys. When he lies to us, he's trying to distort our identity. He's trying to lie. Oh, yeah, you're, you're no good. You're not as good as this person. As a matter of fact, you, you stink. You're, you're horrible. You suck. And excuse my language, but, you know, the enemy... He doesn't care whether he offends us or not. Like, he wants to pull you down with his lies, and he really wants to distort the image that God has given you. He lies to us. He's the deceiver. He deceives. He tries to trick us. And if we don't have discernment, nudge your neighbor and say, we need discernment. We need discernment more than ever before, guys. We need the Holy Spirit to give us even more discernment more than ever before. And if we don't have it, we can fall prey to him because he comes um, as a wolf in sheep's clothing. It could look great. It can look beautiful. It can look awesome. But it's a wolf. If we don't have discernment, sometimes we, we'll, we'll mistake uh, a sheep for the wolf. Am I saying that right? You guys get what I'm saying. <laughs> we need discernment. Deception, the, the definition of deception, guys, it's, it's the act of causing someone to accept as true or valid what is false and invalid. How many of us, I'm, I'm raising my hand to this, guys, we'll fall prey to that a lot of times in the body of Christ, and we'll believe it. And we, we fall prey to it, and then we become that lie. But guys, today I truly believe that the Lord wants to empower us and break off the lies and break off all the schemes that the enemy has tried to throw at us and some things that we've, we've taken on as our own.
I'll hit on this real quick. One thing that I believe can kill a church is a spirit of religion. A spirit of religion can kill the church, guys. Rituals. This is what we, how we go to church. And guys, it's just about knowing him. And just because we go to church, guys, doesn't necessarily mean we're, oh, I go to church all the time. Okay, but do you know him? Do you know him? Oh, I love listening to Pastor Jordan, and I love Pastor Will's worship. Okay, great. That's awesome. They are. They're great. They're phenomenal. Rock of Grace is phenomenal. But do you know him? I love how Steve Hill used to say, religion is hanging around the cross, but Christianity is getting on the cross. Do we know him? A form of godliness, but denying its power. Guys, on the outside, we can look like we have it all together, but inside. That's what God's looking for. The inside, he's looking at our heart. We can look and sound like the part, but inside, like Jesus. I don't, I don't want to be on that side where the, Jesus rebukes the Pharisees and Sadducees. and It's like he, he's calling them a bunch of dead man's bones and a um, bunch of hypocrites, brutal vipers. Could you imagine Jesus rebuking you? I don't, want, I don't want to be on that side. I don't want to be a religious Pharisee. I want to be white hot on fire for Jesus in love with him. Amen? But deception, guys, if we don't, if we don't have discernment and if we, we, we need discernment and we don't need to be bound in, this, in deception. We could be deceived into thinking with a mindset of comparing, guys. I fall into this so many times where I'm like, oh, I wish I can worship like Pastor Will, or I wish I could, you know, sing like these guys. I wish I can preach like these guys. I wish I look like these guys. I wish I, all these, how many, oh my gosh, we fall prey to that all the time, but it's, it's a trap of the enemy. Rick Pino says this, and I love it. It's like, you make a horrible copy. Nudge your neighbor and say, you make a horrible copy, but you make a great original. Think about that for a second. You make a horrible copy, but you make a great original. And that's so true, amen? I don't want to be like somebody else. God's got a calling for me. God's got a calling for you. You don't need to want to be like me, and I don't need to want to be like you. Now, we can honor one another, and we can inspire one another, but I'll never be you. You'll never be me. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. And that rhymed, but I'm doomed. Doom, that was awesome. <laughs> Right? That was, that's not the way it's supposed to be, guys. Right? And then sometimes entertainment, guys, if we're not careful, the enemy can slip in through some of the entertainment things that will entertain ourselves, whether it's movies or music, okay? Um, movies with a big emphasis on witchcraft or satanic rituals. We're talking about the enemy today and his schemes, okay? And I'm talking about some of the schemes right now. Music is a big tool the enemy's using right now, a huge tool. I listened to a, um, a YouTube video of, I don't know if you guys know who Sean Bowles is, an amazing prophet. Dude's like spot on. Like, I mean, he can call out somebody and, and like, he just, like he's just spot on. I don't know if you guys know who he is, but look him up on YouTube, Sean Bowles. Um, anyways, but I, I was listening to a, um, uh, a, pro, a broadcast from him or a YouTube video from him, but he was talking about how certain musicians, and a lot of us, the younger folk, and even adults, some of us know, um, 
Cardi B. He had a, some of her music. She's like a, a rapper. And she, he had a recording of her crying. She's like, I just, I just want to be a good person. I just want to be a good mother. And every time she listens to a, a, a certain song that she has written, it's like two or three songs, but it was one of the, a, a few of her songs that she's written. Every time she listens to it, this demon comes to uh, torment her, and she can't break it off. And she's crying on, I just want to be free. I just want to be a good mother. I just want to be a good person. Like the enemy, guys, is using music to torment our kids. Taylor Swift was another one that he put on there. And I know, like, they call it Swifties, you know? If you're a Swiftie, like, listen, I want to encourage you, parents and teenagers, be careful what you're listening to. Like in this new tour, that, and I'm not trying to dog on anybody. We need to pray for these people. We need to pray salvation that the Lord would reveal himself in dreams and visions, whatever it takes. Lord, reveal yourself to Taylor Swift. Reveal yourself to Cardi B, Father. But she's doing witchcraft in her, in her stuff, like literal witchcraft. She actually has a ritual going on in her, her tour right now, guys, and, that, and it is like there's testimonies of people being affected by it. And she literally has a Wiccan spell that is real. It's not something fake. It's not just artistry. It's real. And this kind of stuff, it's influencing a generation. I'll tell you this. I don't know about you. Well, the age group anyway. Um, I know teenagers right now, this generation is hungry for, like, they, they, they crave the spiritual stuff. Like, it's, it's attractive. For a lot, of, a lot of teenagers that we've met over the years, it's, it's something that's attractive. It's something that they want to partake in because it's, we're spirit beings, guys. And if the, church don't, if the church doesn't rise up and take its place and be able to fulfill that need, guys, we're going to see a generation die off and go into witchcraft and go into rituals and the occult and all that kind of demonic stuff. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that for my kids. I don't want to see that for your teenagers, for the young adults. I don't want to see that for anybody in this church. Music is a huge, huge tool that the enemies use, and we just need to be careful. We need to be mindful. Um, I'll, I'll share a personal story. I'm a teenager. I was probably 12 or 13 years old. And I'm at my mom's house, and um, I'm watching Jerry Springer, of all shows. And so, yeah, and I, I, but I, I did used to like it. So, I mean, it's like, of course, you watch it for the fights, you know? <laughs> um, and so I'm watching that. This is BC, okay, before Christ. So um, uh, I'm watching it. Well, I'm, I'm by, at my mom's house. I'm by myself. I'm watching it. My brother comes in. And then um, he starts, you know, he's, he's an older brother. And, of course, he starts being an older brother, and he starts picking on me. Immediately, guys, like not just a few minutes later, but immediately, what do you think that I was struggling with when he started messing with me? Anger issues. Anger issues. <laughs> I started dealing with anger, like bad, and we started fighting, you know. And it was because I allowed that crap, and I can say that because we're talking about the devil, all right? Like, well, I allowed that stuff to come into the atmosphere of our home. I didn't know this then. I know this now, though. 
I allowed that stuff to come into the atmosphere of my home, and it affected me, and it affected my brother. He wasn't really doing nothing that bad for me to lash out like that, you know? And plus, he can kill me anyway. The dude's a beast. And so, um, and back then, I was like Pastor Jordan. Pastor Jordan, I, I know, well, he's, he hit 40. He's going to start gaining weight, y'all. Just watch. He is. This is. That's a prophetic word. Pastor Jordan, when you watch this, just receive it, buddy. Um, but I was like him, guys. When, when my wife and I got married, we got married in 2004, I was 128 disgusting pounds. 128 pounds. 5'11", that's not that tall, but still, 128 pounds. I, I look deathly ill. Like, I don't even know what she saw in me. And so, um, anywho, anywho, where was I at? Okay. So, the atmosphere. Guys, I, I don't know about you, but I, I encourage you guys to... Pay attention to the atmosphere of your home. Parents, husbands, wives, you guys are the ones that set the thermostat, not the children. Flip that switch, guys. If you're letting the children uh, dictate the temperature of your house, now flip it. Flip it. You, you be the ones that adjust the temperature, and I'm not just talking about heat and cold. I'm talking about spiritually. Amen? You be the one to adjust that temperature and control that temperature. When they come in, they don't act a certain way. They don't say certain words to each other. When they come in, they're going to show love to one another because that's what we do in this home. Amen? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to throw this out there real quick. There's certain things that I don't know about you as kids. We um, played and dabbled with. I don't know if you ever played with the Ouija board as a kid. Um, as a kid, that, that kind of thing was like, it's at the store. I mean, you could just buy it anywhere. And so we would dabble in that. Um, but that is demonic, just so you guys know, if you don't know that already. That is a definite open door for the enemy to come in and bring torment. I do not believe this. Hear me, hear me when I say this. I, I believe that there are born-again believers. I won't say Christian because I believe that Christian, the word Christian is just used too flippantly in America. I'm, everybody's a Christian in America. Oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, but their lifestyle doesn't, you know, line up with that. And so I will say this. I do not believe a born-again believer can be possessed, but I do believe that a born-again believer can be oppressed or torment, sometimes tormented or just, you know, the enemy comes at you. I mean, it's just, it's just the way it is. He tries to throw stuff at us. But I do believe that we need to recognize when we are being oppressed by the enemy. Guys, anxiety, that's not God. That's not God, y'all. Depression, that's not God. He didn't give that to you. There's freedom for you. There's freedom for you. By his stripes, we are healed. So I want to encourage you, if you're dealing with anxiety and fear or depression, guys, uh, put that stuff on the cross, and by faith, receive your, your freedom, receive your healing, because it's not of the Lord. Sickness, night terrors. If you're having nightmares, that's not God, guys. You can take authority over those things. I hit on yoga for a second, because sometimes I've, I've, met, I've met awesome believers and brothers in Christ that, that they'll do yoga, but they... They do like, they'll, well, it's, it's the Christian yoga or whatever, so I don't know. Anyway, but I'll tell you what I've heard. 
as far as a testimony coming from somebody that did yoga and taught it and that was like steeped in it and really um, she taught it. And so she says this, that the goal of yoga is to obtain oneness with the universe. Okay, I'll just stop right there. Just think about that. Oneness with the universe. Are we supposed to be one with the universe? Jesus prays, Lord, let us be one as, let them be one as we are one. He wants us to be one with him, not the universe, okay? Um, that's also known, this, this whole oneness with the universe, universe thing is, that's also known as the process of enlightenment or union with Brahman, which is a Hindu, Hinduism highest god. The word yoga means union or yoke. Uh, yoga wants to get students to, um, to the point of complete numbness in their minds. But God, on the other hand, wants you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind through his word. So there's a big difference, guys. Big difference. Um, also, there's certain things in yoga. There's certain stances or whatever it is, you know, like it's worship. It's, 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 they're worship positions to different gods, you know, do with that what you will. Pray about that. If, you, if that's something that you do, pray about it and ask the Lord. Lord, is this something that this, this grieves you? Amen? Because I, I don't know about you. At the end of the day, guys, I want to please God with my lifestyle. And as a believer, we should all have that same heart. Lord, I just want to please you, whatever that is, what, how, however you want me to live. Will, can you help me? Gracias, Señor. Know the solution is number three. So we're just talking about who the devil was, and we're kind of just speed through this stuff. Number two, his schemes, knowing his schemes. And number three, the solution. I mean, if you can, just, just don't, don't get distracted. The worship team's coming back up. But we have a solution, and you guys know all this. You know, you know this. It's, it is Jesus. He is the solution, okay? And I want to give you guys six ways that we can combat the enemy, okay? Six ways that we can fight back and win because we live on the side of victory already, right? We live on the side of victory. Number one is this, the word. Jesus, when he was tempted in chapter four of Matthew, he would always come back with the word. Y'all remember that story well, right? Every time he was tempted, he always came back with the word. But check this out. The devil always came with the word too. So the devil knows. He knows some scripture. So that means that us as the body of Christ, we need to know even more than he does so that we're not deceived and tripped up. Amen? We need to know the word. It's not enough just to hear it on a Sunday morning, guys. It's not. It is not. I was just talking to my brother John earlier this morning, and we were talking about how, um, how many people died for this and the writing of it. How many people shed their blood so this can be in our hands in America or all, and all over the world. Don't take it lightly that we get this. We get to have this, and we need to honor this, and we need to get in this and let it get inside of us. Amen? The Word of God. Number two is rest. Talking about six ways and how to fight the enemy and combat him. Number one was the Word. Number two is rest. 
Jesus was in complete rest on the boat when everybody else is freaking out. Y'all remember that story? The dude was sleeping. And I often imagine, I'm like, what would I would have been doing if I was on that boat and saw those waves and saw the storm and crashing in and all that kind of stuff? I mean, most likely, sadly to say, like, I would probably be like the disciples and be freaking out. Like, dude, do you not care about us? Wake up. But Jesus rested. And then I wonder, too, if Jesus, if Jesus would have never been, uh, like, woken up abruptly by the disciples, he probably still would have just slept right through it onto the other side and where they were going. And there's times, guys, in our walk with the Lord when the enemy's coming after us or the, uh, he's tormenting or, whatever, there's some, or fighting with us. There's times where we just need to rest. There's power in rest, resting in him. Jesus' uh, mind was on the Lord. And the Bible does say that when we set our mind on him, he keeps us at perfect peace. He keeps those at, at perfect peace, those who keep their mind on the Lord. So whenever we're freaking out and whenever anxiety hits us and fear hits us and worry and all this stuff about our kids, about our family, about our marriages, about our jobs, and we're freaking out, guys, we need, we need to rest. Take a moment and breathe and just, just rest. And know that the Lord, he's with you. He's not freaking out. We need to set and learn the exercise of setting our mind on God. Set your mind on things above and not on things on the earth. Set your mind on him. Oh, Jason, that's easier said than done. It is. But that's why I said practice it. Exercise, I hate it. But once we start doing it, once you start exercising and once you start lifting weights and stuff like you start feeling great, right? That's, at least that's what I heard. As you can tell, I don't work out. You guys laugh too much about that. Now I got to deal with my heart. Father, I forgive. Rock of grace. Just kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. So, rest. Worship. Worship draws us close to God. And when we draw close to him, he draws close to us. James 4, 8. And can I, can I just, for time's sake, can I have you guys stand up? Everyone just stand up. And we're gonna we're gonna close here. Did this make sense today at all? Did anybody get anything out of this today? Yeah? Okay, I know it went like real quick, real quick. Um, but worship, it is a powerful tool, just like the enemy uses music to influence, you know, people. Worship, guys. Songs that are adoration to the Father and loving on Him. That changes atmospheres. That changes things in our heart. We could wake up on the wrong side of the bed, and when we, whenever we begin to joyfully, or not even joyfully, you, don't, you might not even feel it at the moment. When I wake up out of bed, I'm, my first thought, like, I do start thinking about God, but I'm not in the mood to worship. You know? I'm just still trying to wake up. Okay, it's like 5 in the morning. All right. But I start, I start work, walking that way, and in my mind, okay, I'm, going to, I'm not going to allow my feelings to dictate uh, my love for the Father. Just because I don't feel it um, doesn't mean I'm not going to give it to Him. Amen? A lot of us in here, if we're not careful, we're driven by our feelings, and that's got to stop. 
Amen? Nudge your neighbor, so that's got to stop. Because you are not your feelings. You're not your feelings. You're what God says that you are. And let's not be driven by our feelings. Worship. Number four, I'll run through these real quick. Resist. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. James 4, 7. Number five is fasting. Jesus, the, the disciples came to him, and Jesus, uh, they were um, saying, Father, we couldn't, um, we couldn't cast out this demon. And Jesus says to them, this one comes out through prayer and fasting. There's pre- power in fasting, guys. There's something spiritually that takes place in fasting. There's something, I believe, I don't know all that happens in it, but there's something, something that just happens in the spirit with your walk with the Lord when you choose to fast, okay? And number six is this, do you know him? If you know Jesus, you have authority. If you don't know Jesus, you do not. And so I'm gonna ask everybody to do, uh, do, do something with me real quick. I'm just ask a favor. If everybody can come out of your chairs and just meet me here at the altar. Can you guys do that for me real quick? And then we're gonna dismiss. If you have to get your child, please feel free to do that. I know the time. If you have to get your child, go ahead. We got until 11.15, shoot. We got a lot of time. Awesome. (laughs) Okay. Do me a favor as you're coming up, just lift your hands to heaven. Set your mind on him. Father, we worship you. We set our mind on you. We thank you, God, for what you're teaching us today. And that last one, do we know him? I go to church all the time, Pastor Jason, but do you know him? Oh, I listen to Elevation and Bethel all the time, but do you know him? Do you know him? Do you wake up with Jesus on your mind? Do you go to sleep with Jesus on your mind? Do you know him? Guys, I'll be honest with you. I feel like the last two weeks has been me, for myself, getting to know Jesus and fall in love with Jesus all over again. And I haven't been walking with the Lord for a really long time, but I've been since 1997. It's a little bit of time. But guys, there's so much more to Jesus. There's so much more that he wants to show you. There's so much more that he wants to impart into us and partner with us to do things, do great exploits in the earth. Do we know him? And we'll just make this between you and the Lord. I'm not gonna ask you to raise a hand. But some of you in this room do not know him. And don't don't judge it just because you come to youth group or just because you've come to church. Do you know him? And this is between you and the Father. But I will ask this, I will ask you guys to just pray with me, okay? I want you guys to just say this, say, Jesus, restore the joy of my salvation. I wanna know you. Forgive me for any sin. Wash me in your blood. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I just want to know you. I want to be close to you. I receive all that you have for me. I I renounce anything that I've accepted from the devil. I renounce it. Fear, I renounce you. 
shame, guilt, condemnation, I renounce you. You're not my God. I do not serve you. Anxiety, you're not my God. I don't serve you. Jesus is my God. And I give my full heart to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Sister, your hands to heaven, y'all. We're just worshiping. We worship you. The Lord's taken us to another level in our walk with him. When you read the word, it's going to be even more fresh and more exciting. It's not going to be boring. You're actually going to want to dine with him and uh, walk with him and learn from him. We're going to, you're just going to love sitting at his feet. During services, you're not going to be like, all right, well, let's get to the next thing. You're going to just want to be sitting at his feet. So, Father, we're here. We love you and we worship you.